You know, one of the questions that I get asked quite a lot as a pastor is, how can I be used by God? Now, it's actually a great question, and sometimes it seems like the answer is perplexing to people. Uh, but, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, or using different terminology, if you uh, born again, uh, or however you would define yourself, but if you really love Jesus, part of that is you want to serve him. It's the way God has designed us. And actually, it's great because when we serve the Lord, there's something hugely rewarding for us. I mean, we enjoy the process. We like being used by the Lord. And so it is a good question. And the question being, like, how can I be used by God? Uh, there's just a lot uh, to this. You know, God, in the big scheme of things, is on a mission. God is a missional God. God is desiring to bring his kingdom here on earth and to advance his kingdom. And in the mystery and the wonder of God, he's choosing to use you and me. And we are his hands and his feet, and you know, his spokesperson to bring in the kingdom of God. So God has designed us to want to uh, be loved by him, to experience that love. And then as a outpour of that, we want to be used by God to do the things God is interested about. People. And having other people come to know the Lord or experience God's love. And so God is designed for each and every one of us to be used by him, that we can be his servants, that we can be part of this great adventure, advancing the kingdom of God. And each one of us is different, and each one of us has a different role. But still, sometimes when we think of the question, how can I be used by God? It, it can be a little mystifying, because we recognize that you know, not everybody's going to be preaching like I am uh, or have some high visibility role. And therefore, it becomes difficult, perhaps. Like, is what I'm doing significant? Does it count? And am I being used by God? You know, in, in the regular economy, there's a couple of different types of industry. One would be manufacturing. And manufacturing is easy to kind of grasp. You make things, and uh, people can understand what it is. You know, if someone says, what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm in manufacturing. I make whatever the product is. And, you know, you can go onto a TV show and, like Shark Tank, and they buy your products, and you can see the product, and you can understand the product. But then there's a whole other industry, which is the service industry. And sometimes that's super easy to understand, like if you're a teacher, you're not making anything, but it's pretty clear that what you're doing is super valuable. You're adding value, you're teaching others. But then there's a vast number of you which work in a very mysterious industry, which kind of like, I don't really know what the heck you do. IT. Like, you know, can you explain exactly what you do to an outsider? And often it's like super sort of mysterious. Now, it is important, and as we 
you know, recognize more and more things are like IT driven. And so the whole IT world is expounding and, and it's really important. But it's not always easy to understand exactly what it is that you're doing. And so it is with trying to figure out how can I be used by God? Sometimes it's the mysterious or the less obvious or the harder to explain that's actually really significant in the kingdom of God. Let me just uh, pray and uh, jump into this, uh, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to get your finger in your Bible over there as I'm praying. But Lord Jesus, I just pray as I, I preach today that you would uh, empower what I'm saying through your Holy Spirit, that each person would experience your love, and that in experiencing your love, there's this desire that you've put in us to want to serve you and help other people. And Lord, I just pray that you'd make this message really practical, that people, after listening to me today, would understand what it is that you want them to be doing. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, if you want to just uh, listen to me read 1 Peter 4.10 before we go to 1 Corinthians 12. But 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I mean, that's just a great scripture because it is condensed and it's saying a lot. Let me just unpack it a little bit. Every single follower of Jesus is gifted. God has given you a gift. Uh, you might not recognize it as you know being an apostle, but God has gifted you. He, he's wired you in such a way that you can serve him by loving others. And that's the end of this verse. Use your gifts well to serve one another. You see, this is actually the key. If you start thinking about, like, how can I love other people? How can I serve other people? You will start recognizing that you have a lot of opportunities. And as we'll get into this, you'll start uncovering or recognizing some of the gifts God has given you. But let's just go through 1 Corinthians 12 and uh, unpack that great chapter in the Bible. It says this, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Okay, so Apostle Paul's unpacking this thing. It seems mysterious, but actually it's pretty practical. But it's important. In verse 4, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So in other words, God is in control. God is getting his work done. He's using each one of us. And our job is to be his servant, to listen. Verse 7. <clears throat> It's an echo of 1 Peter 4.10. A spiritual gift is given to each of us 
so that we can help each other. I mean, it's important we get that concept. We get gifts so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to speak wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of, of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And then a very great word picture to, for us to kind of get this idea the Apostle Paul in verse 12 says this, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. All of you together are Christ's body. All of us. And each of you is part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. His apostles, prophets, teachers, those who do miracles, you know, those with the gift of healings, uh, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. And then the rhetorical questions in verse 29. Are we all prophets? Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? And so on. And obviously the answer that the Apostle Paul is getting to know, we do not have all the gifts, but we all have a gift and some of the gifts. And then the mysterious part here is when you look at uh, <clears throat> what it said in verse 28, and, and here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. And then in verse 31 it says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. So in other words, a little bit of a tension there where God is saying, I give them to you. But on the other hand, it's up to us to really desire them. So, you know, part of it is there's a desire on our behalf and there's the, the gift giver God giving the gifts. Well, you know, the practical question is this. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? I mean, can you identify them? Because you really should, and you need to. Uh, the very next question is, well, are you using them? And I, I think this question has sort of two parts. Were you using your gifts pre-COVID-19? And how are you using your gifts during this COVID-19 period? Because the kingdom of God is still advancing. He still wants us to be at work. And so we have this kind of interesting season that we're in where we don't want to really waste this time. In fact, we want to redeem this time. This might be a season in this COVID-19 you know, period that we're in 
where we are asking God questions we may never have asked before. Uh, you know, meaning of life questions like, what do you want me to do? And, and who do you want me to serve? And, and uh, how can I, you know, work on my gifts? Or, uh, and, and, and one of the ways you sort of unpack what your gift is and how God has wired you in this is to start thinking, like, who have you loved? And who do you desire to help? And who is God putting on your heart? And these would be the, the sort of questions that help you to recognize that God is moving and he's putting these people or these thoughts or these desires uh, in your heart for a purpose. And the purpose is to love God and to love people. And it's a wonderful combination when we can express our love to God, especially because we see what he's doing through us in other people. It's very rewarding. It's exactly what Jesus said he wanted for us, a rich and rewarding life. But who in COVID-19? I mean, how's this been? Well, start with your family. Like your immediate family, your extended family. Who are you loving? Who are you helping? And how are you doing that? And think about this as a service to the Lord. I uh, really sort of need to ask the sort of hard question. And if serving others and loving others just seems kind of like boring to you or no desire, you might want to just take your spiritual pulse because it's a good sign that you're dying spiritually. Or maybe you're just dead spiritually. But if you alive and you getting excited about things, it is normal that you will want to serve and help others. Uh, let me give you a little example. Uh, in the life group that I'm running, uh, one of the members picked up Rick Warren's book, A Purpose Driven Life. They hadn't read it before, and um, as they started going through it, it really started becoming meaningful. And they took it on as a daily devotion. And the more they read it, the more excited they got about it. And then every time in life group, they'd share it. And then others in the group said, wow, that sounds great. And then others started reading it. And then they started doing it together. And all of a sudden, there was this sort of enthusiasm that came out. Well, that's normal. As we experience God's love, uh, as we experience something that's life-giving, we start talking about it. We start sharing about it. And we start helping others to experience God in the way that we've experienced God. So that became a gift. It's a service. A service, maybe we call it of enthusiasm. Very under-recognized. But why can't we be contagious for Christ rather than just contagious for COVID. I mean, like, let's use this time period to express our excitement for Jesus in the things that excite us and recognize that that will be contagious. Our love and our excitement of what we've seen God do or work through us or what God is transforming in us uh, as we share it becomes exciting for others. 
But let me make this practical. Uh, how could you identify your, your spiritual gift? Well, um, the first thing would be, who is God bringing to mind? And what is it that you feel like you can do for that person? And recognize that in loving others, in any way, shape, or form, is a form of gifting and is a form of service. It's a way of serving God. Now, again, sometimes, back to the manufacturing IT idea, sometimes our idea is, look, for me to be used by God, I've got to you know, give food to the poor or help somebody that doesn't have clothing. And yeah, that's, that's really important. But it's not the whole gamut of how we serve God. It's sort of like, okay, what about the whole IT thing where it's kind of mysterious? Well, let me make it less mysterious. Loving somebody by praying for somebody, by encouraging somebody, is being used by God. And the more people that we have that are loving others, praying for others, encouraging others, the more we can be used by God. So think about who God is putting on your mind and what it is that you can do for that person in that sort of way. Maybe it's a practical thing. I mean, praying is practical. Then ask yourself a different question. What is it that gives me life or has given you life? And when you start thinking about, well, you know, this, these are the things that would really excite me about church and about serving the Lord. Pay attention to that. And ask yourself the question, is this what God is asking me to do? Is God asking me to serve him in this way? So just be aware of where your thoughts are and where your desires are. Then another way of serving the Lord, which is a little um, forgotten, is back to that analogy that Paul uses for the body. It's that the body is made up of many parts. And we as American Christians often try and serve the Lord in isolation. But what God is saying more often than not is we need to partner with somebody. Somebody's got a gift that we don't have. But when we can put their gift and our gift together, then together we can make a great difference. I mean, in a small group setting, you need a teacher, that's obvious, but you also need a host. And then you need somebody else that's going to do uh, a lot of caring for the group, like praying for everybody in the group or reminding everybody in the group about, you know, their role or what's coming up or all those parts play a crucial role. It's not just the teacher. Uh, so team up with somebody. If you're thinking about how to serve God, you should have feelings of inadequacy because none of us are Jesus. None of us have all the gifts. We will feel inadequate. But what we need to do is figure out who wants to partner and team up with us to serve the Lord together. The fourth way of just making this practical, <clears throat> yeah, first was identify what your gifts are by thinking about who you, comes to your mind and how you can help them. The second point that I made was uh, what gives you life. And the third point saying who would you partner with. The fourth point to make this practical is think church. You know, God has designed something 
in the church, which is wonderful and mysterious. Meaning this, church only can operate with a team. It's not a one-person thing. And the church works with a lot of volunteers. And every volunteer is critical. Uh, and together, we make church work. Uh, I can't be doing what I'm doing right now unless somebody else was, you know, doing the, the camera work. And somebody else was worried about the lights. And somebody else was worried about the sound. And how to record it. And then how to edit it. And then how to post it online. And then, you, you know, it's just a lot of different skills. Now, notice... You don't see any of those skills listed in 1 Corinthians. I mean, you know, IT and technology wasn't like a big thing back then. But today it's like a big thing. And so, yeah, we love doing church online. But it requires a whole different uh, volunteer skill set. But if this is your area of serving the Lord, friend, it's crucial. Uh, but it's no less crucial then somebody that stands in the parking lot when we gather together in person and just has a smiley face on so that when you come in, you see somebody that's welcoming, somebody that recognizes you. And if you're lucky enough, somebody that even knows your name. Uh, that person's role, that greeter's role is just a key part. And what about the whole setup and takedown? You know, I mean, it's pretty non-spiritual. But unless we put all the stuff up and take all the stuff down, we don't do church. So each person's gifting is vital. It's really vital. And so this Sunday, we're going to do a baptism. Now, think of everything that's taken place to make this a reality. Sure, I get to do the baptizing of the person. It's a highly public and highly visible role that I'm going to be doing. And important. But besides that, I've had almost nothing to do with this awesome process. Somebody had to speak to somebody about Jesus. Somebody had to answer all the questions. Somebody had to disciple and encourage and nurture to make this a reality. And unless we have a physical place, like all the setup and all the teardown, in this particular case, because we're doing it outside, we don't have the ability to do what God has called us to do. So each person's gifting, each person's role has been crucial and critical. And it's when we do it together that we get this great sense of fulfillment. While I'm on this topic, uh, I highly recommend that when you volunteer, you do it for a season. Don't just, you know, volunteer for forever, because that's when people get frustrated and feel unappreciated and whatever. Volunteer for a season, whether it be, you know, three months, six months, a year, whatever, and be super reliable and dependable for that season and then take a break because if you want to serve the lord for a lifetime you need to do it in seasons in chunks uh, and then you need to be uh, you know recalibrate rethink is it a different gift does god have i learned something from that season and i need to do something else and different but do it do it for a season 
I'd say the last way of uh, identifying how I can serve God is ask yourself this question in the morning. What does love demand of me today? God, who do you want me to love? And how do you want me to love that person? Friends, I guarantee if you ask that question, you will have people's names come to mind. You will start thinking of people. The Lord will start talking to you in this way. What does love demand of me today? So let me just close by talking about like an attitude or a posture. When we're thinking about serving the Lord, don't think about it as what is my ministry going to be? It's not, we shouldn't have a my mindset. What we should do is have a mindset of it's God's and I'm his servant and I don't need to be, you know, made famous. It's God that we want to talk about. It's God, it's his good news and it's who he is and we want whatever we do, others to experience the reality of God. So rather than seeing ourselves as the one that you know becomes the focus of our service let uh, let's keep a humble attitude and allow jesus to be the person who gets all the credit i love this totally unknown verse in colossians 4:12 i mean i can guarantee you this verse is not on your refrigerator but just look how rich this verse is look how much there is in this verse. So in context, uh, Paul is sitting in prison and he's got this guy with him, Epaphras. And this is what Paul is saying to the church in Colossians. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Jesus Christ. Okay, notice that whole attitude. Sends you his greetings. In other words, he's missing his church. He's missing his people. Now, this is the incredible part. He always prays earnestly for you. Asking God to make you strong, and get this, and perfect. Fully confident that you are following the whole of God's will. Look, this is a great example of being a servant of Jesus. He is praying for these people. He wants what's best for them. And he is praying that God will transform them, that they will become better and better. And he longs to be with them. And he longs to see what God is doing in them. And together there's a sense of purpose. Okay, God, your kingdom is advancing in our church, in our family, in our area of connections. So, for those of you that, um, you know, are maybe a little disconnected because of COVID, I want to just end with a, a request or a challenge, and that is this. If God has done something in your life recently, not in your life, if God has done something through you that has been a blessing to others, can you write us? 
send me an email, email and tell me, like, what happened? And how did God use you? And how was the other person impacted? And how did that make them feel? And how did it make you feel? Now, again, you communicating this not to tell me how great you are, but to tell me how great God is and how you've been used by the Lord to help somebody and how it was helpful to them and rewarding for you. Friends, bless you. Be used by God.